Well, I'm Adrian DeLang, one of the pastors here, and uh, as Ruth was praying for us, I had wondered if she uh, read my sermon in advance, which, which reminded me to remind you that uh, for those of you who are interested, you can read my sermons in advance. Uh, both Pastor Harrison and myself share our sermons in advance of Sunday to give those in our congregation who want to read them in advance, whether for uh, ESL or other reasons, opportunity to do so. So uh, if you're interested in that or listening to the podcast, the recording afterward, you can always do so. Uh, This week, we're continuing our sermon series, looking at River Park Church's youth questions and how River Park Church's youth put faith to the test. Last week, I ended our sermon by asking, is God smarter than you? No one would really follow a fool, but do you trust God that he is smarter than you? If he is, then we keep trying. We take another step of obedience in following him. See, the purpose of the Christian life we talked about last week is not just to understand what is true. The purpose of the, the, purpose of the Christian life is to grow. To grow as Jesus did in wisdom and stature and favor with God and with humanity. The Bible points us to our wise heavenly father who can help us grow into every way into our head. That is Christ. And so this week, as we open up God's word in Luke chapter 9, Jesus invites us to take up our cross and follow him. Jesus says this because he claims to be the only way to the Father. And if we're going to go to the Father and have a relationship with the Father, we have to follow Jesus. He doesn't just claim to know the way. Jesus claims to be the way. But our youth help us wrestle with these questions of faith more appropriately and more deeply by asking um, this week's title or, or topic, why? Why is Jesus the only way? Several youth in our group that I talked with and that Pastor Harrison talked with shared different questions over a period of time. Questions like, what about other people who also do good things? Or maybe, I have friends who belong to different religions or no religion. What's going to happen to them? Are they going to hell? Well, let's listen to Jesus' words. Follow along on the screen or open up your own Bibles as I read for us. Luke chapter 9, we're going to read verses 18 through 27. Once, when Jesus was praying in private and his disciples were with him, he asked them, Who do the crowds say that I am? They replied, Some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, still others that one of the prophets of long ago has come back to life. But what about you, Jesus asked, who do you say I am? Peter answered, you are the Messiah, God's Messiah. Jesus strictly warned them not to tell this to anyone. And he said to them, the son of man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders, the chief priests, and the teachers of the law. And he must be killed, and on the third day raised to life. Then he said to them, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny himself, take up his cross. Let me say that again. Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves, take up their crosses daily, and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me will save it. What good is it for someone to gain the whole world and yet lose or forfeit their very self? Whoever is ashamed of me and my words 
The Son of Man will be ashamed of him when he comes in glory and of the glory of the Father and of the holy angels. Truly I tell you, some who are standing here will not taste death before they see the kingdom of God. So far the reading of God's word. Those words from Jesus, take up your cross and follow me. Those seem, I think, to many of us like difficult and challenging words, like a big call, to G- call from Jesus and maybe even an exclusive call from Jesus. So what are we to do with this? Well, some of you probably know about this new trend. The youth probably know about it more than the adults. We're in Bass Pro Shop at. Probably all the youth are familiar, and if you're not familiar as an adult, you've got to go find a kid and ask them why all the kids are doing this. One of the reasons is because everybody on TikTok is wearing these hats. Wearing a hat like the Bass Pro Shops hat helps you to fit in. We all feel pressure to fit in from time to time. And because we're kind and thoughtful people, we want to help others fit in as well. We want to be inclusive and welcoming of people. This is why the exclusive claims of different religions are so difficult for so many of us. Our youth wonder, why is Jesus the only way? Isn't that exclusionary? We might say, I'm friends with atheists and Muslims and Sikhs, and everyone has a different view of this world, a different religious system. Can't we all just get along? Well, there's really two questions here, and I'm going to look at the second one first because it's easier and simpler at least. Can't we all just get along? Isn't life just about good people doing good things? Well, in many ways, yes, we can all just get along. But also, are the good things that we do, all of our actions, flow out of our beliefs. I don't mean that the things that we say change our actions. Unfortunately, we often see that what we say and what we do are quite different. What I mean is that our actions show what we actually believe. Christians are called to love all people because Christ loved all people. When we love those who are like us and those who are unlike us, when we love our friends and our enemies, when we love the people we agree with and the people we don't agree with, we demonstrate that we believe in Jesus because Jesus loved all people. Jesus spent his life and his ministry enjoying time with the group whom everybody else called sinners, people whom society rejected. Jesus died on the cross, covered with the shame of the world, taking on your sin and my sin. While we were yet rebellious, out of love for us. The Bible says that God loves the whole world. And so if we also love the whole world, we show that Jesus is in us. So right away, the idea that we would love somebody only after we agree with them or only after we approve of them is not a true part of Christianity or the life, the way of those of us who follow Jesus. Let me give you an example. It's Father's Day. 
So youth, imagine if your parents loved you only based on what you did. That'd be really harmful, wouldn't it? If your parents loved you based on your marks, if you got an 80%, they loved you 80%, and if you got a 40%, they loved you half of that. Or what about your position on the team? Depending how important you were on the team, your parents loved you more or less. What about if your parents loved you only after you completed the West Coast Trail, or only after they checked your sexual orientation first? That wouldn't be true love. Good fathers show us the perfect love of our Heavenly Father because we are made in God's image and because we have intrinsic value, God chooses in His grace to invite us into His family. The way that God created us, in in general, the way the world is supposed to be, is that parents love their kids regardless of what their kids do. This is why the family of God, or what the family of God is about. This doesn't mean that parents are happy with all of their kids' choices. And it does mean that children still have to choose whether they're going to respond to their father's love or their parents' love. Unfortunately, all of us know families and many of us are part of families where one or more children have chosen to distance themselves from the family. Because of the parents or because of the child, they don't want to associate together. My point is simply that we, God's people, do not earn our Father's love. It is God's grace that invites us into God's family. And now, we must respond to God's grace as God's people. And we'll end this sermon talking about that response. But for now, I want to mention that even God's love for everyone, I think, offends us. Because this is not the way our world works. The way our youth expect our world to work is this. Good people get good rewards. And if you get a good reward, that must be because you're a good person. And likewise, bad people get punished and excluded. And if you receive punishment or if you're on the outs, that must be because you did something wrong. That's the way our world expects things to work. And it's nothing new. There's a theological word for this. That's been around for a long time, and that word is legalism. What do I mean by legalism? Well, legalism is the way that our world operates. Legalism says, get a Bass Pro Shops hat, then you're in. Well, it seems so easy, doesn't it? Except the problem is there's not enough hats to go around. The other problem is by the time some of you get one of these hats... We will have moved on to the next thing because jokers like me start wearing them and then it's not cool anymore. So we have to find another uh, way to figure out how to be in. We know legalism by its fruit. Legalism always promises more and then delivers less. Let's check in with a few of those other world religions as well that I mentioned. Atheism says that there's no God that you have to create meaning for yourself. Muslims or Islam says that there's one God and you can please him if you dress a certain way, eat and drink certain foods, and pray five times a day. Sikhs say that God is formless, but within everything. And so we can't know God, but we can experience him. 
or experience God by doing good. Now, there's a couple quick things to say about all of these approaches, including uh, that only, or that, that either one of these is true or uh, none of them are true. There can't be one God and also no gods. There can't be one God that we can know and at the same time a God that we can't know but only experience. But remember that for Christians, our love is not based on what other people believe. We don't love people based on what is right or who is right or who is wrong. We love people based on Christ's love for us. This leads to the second thing. That all human religions are manifestations in one way or another of legalism. Some religions seem as easy as just putting on the right hat. For atheists, you have to create meaning for yourself. So just do whatever you want to do. But there's certain rules and limits. For Muslims, you do daily prayer and eat and dress a certain way, live a certain way. If you don't, then you're out. For Sikhs, doing good is good. But doing bad removes you from God and from the community. Maybe you begin to see how all religions, in all religions, everything depends on you. On the choices that you make, the decisions that you make, or the ability that you have to measure up to the limits or the expectations of the group. This isn't primarily a problem with other religions. It's primarily a problem that originates in each and all of our human hearts. This is our way of being as people apart from God. We create rules and then try to apply them to other people. We make limits and then say that unless you behave a certain way, God doesn't love you or welcome you. Christians do this too in our own strength, with our limited knowledge. But this is not the way that comes from God, and it's not the way of Jesus. The problem with do good and you deserve to succeed, or do bad and you deserve to fail and be excluded, is that sooner or later, all of us end up excluded. All of the rules and the guidelines that we make for ourselves cannot help us to include or honor everyone. We need a different way. Brothers and sisters, this is why Jesus is the only way. Jesus came from the Father full of grace and truth, and he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. He didn't say, I'm one way, and there's a couple others. That I'm one truth, and there's a couple others. That I'm the one life, but there are a couple other options. At first, this statement from Jesus in John 14, I'm the way, the truth, and the life, it seems to be a very exclusionary statement, doesn't it? And in our text that we read together this morning, Jesus adds even more to that statement. He says, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves, take up their cross, and follow me. Take up their cross, not just once, but daily, and follow me. That also seems like a very difficult and high calling. And in some ways, it is. But if we listen closely, we might see that Jesus is actually offering us a solution to legalism. 
He's offering us one way forward, the only way out of legalism. The only solution to legalism, to the laws that our groups create and the, and the lines that our groups draw that always celebrate some people and leave others out. Listen as Jesus continues in our text. We already read this this morning. He says, whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for my sake will find it. In this verse, Luke 9, verse 24, Jesus isn't offering another set of instructions. He's describing the reality of our world. Jesus has just instructed his disciples, whoever wants to be my disciple must, right? That's an instruction word. They must do this, deny themselves, take up their cross daily and follow me. Now Jesus is explaining why. The reason why is legalism. Every time we try to save our own life, we lose it. And sooner or later, we end up hurting other people around us and losing our own way too. This is the nature of trying to find our own way. This is the nature of trying to create our own honor in a broken world. And we end up excluding other people and our best efforts end up being not enough. But, Jesus says, there is one way that you can save your life. If you lose it. If you lose your life to Jesus, give your life to Jesus, your life will be saved. No strings attached. No conditions. No expectations. Not to begin. And here's the wonderful thing. Not only, is this op- op- not only is this offer available to everyone, it's available to everyone regardless of whether you have an amazing and popular and successful life to give to Jesus, or if you have poverty and shame and despair and weakness to give to Jesus. Whatever you have, whatever your situation, whether you're straight or gay, whether you're Asian or black or Hispanic or white, male or female, young or old, whatever your ability or intellect, if you have one of these amazing hats or even if you don't, all you need to do is lose your life to Jesus. Everything you have, all you are, all of those identifiers, all of those parts of you, the parts that you're proud of and that make you feel light, the parts that are heavy and broken that you want to hide from the world. Give it to Jesus. Seek him. Jesus says, ask and you will be, it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. The one who seeks, finds. To the one who knocks, the door will be opened. This is why Jesus is the only way. Because nobody else makes that offer. Sadly, sometimes Christians don't even make that offer. But here's the other thing. No one but Jesus can make that offer and actually deliver. Nobody but Jesus can actually open the door every time we knock. Deliver 
to those who are seeking and give to those who ask. When we draw lines, we hurt ourselves and others. We become enslaved by our own rules. When we set up standards of perfection or behavior, we eventually have to exclude even ourselves. In our text for today, Jesus says, or excuse me, Peter says rightly that Jesus is God's Messiah. Jesus is the chosen one of God. We might argue that we are relatively good, but none of us can claim to be perfect. Jesus was the only one who had the right to set up rules because he was the perfect one chosen by God to share his perfection, God's perfection with us, to share God's glory and his honor with us. This is what the Bible testifies about Jesus, that he came to that which was his own. His own did not receive him. His own did not give when he asked. They slammed the door when he knocked. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believe in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children not born of natural descent, nor of a human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. Jesus promises to remain with us, to invite us into the family of God, that we can know the perfect love of a heavenly father. Whether our earthly fathers are good, bad, or or absent altogether. We can experience the perfect love of our heavenly father. This invitation is for anyone and everyone who comes to Jesus. So friends, brothers and sisters, are you tired of legalism yet? Are you exhausted from the heavy burdens of the groups that we create for ourselves, the behaviors that we demand of of ourselves and of one another? Jesus offers a better way, the only way, out of the exhaustion of legalism. Jesus says, come to me, you weary and burdened. Come to me and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. As we close today, I want to unpack this last picture from Jesus in Matthew 11, 28. So to do that, uh, young people, I want to ask, do you know what a yoke is? It's not that. I mean, that is a yoke, but um, it's not the yoke we're going to talk about. And because it's Father's Day and I'm not a father, that's as good as it's going to get. I'm sorry. All right, I'll take it. Yeah, the dads like it. That's good. That's always iffy. Uh, what is the yoke that Jesus is talking about? The yoke that Jesus is talking about is a piece of wood that's used to connect two animals together. Maybe to plow a field or to, to drag a wagon to, to move a cart. In Jesus' day, farmers would yoke two oxen together often, or if they didn't have oxen, they would use some other smaller animal. They wouldn't just yoke any two oxen together. They would yoke together an older ox and a younger one. The older ox was experienced. 
The, the ox knew the contours of the field and was responsive to the farmer's pushes and pulls and shouts. The older ox was also a stronger ox. It not only pulled more than its fair share of weight, but it pulled the younger ox along. And because they were locked into that yoke together, it trained the younger ox to know where to go and how to move. So the two of them were connected together. And wherever the farmer directed them, there they would go. The older, stronger ox pulling more of its weight, helping the weaker, younger, smaller ox. Young people, in this life, you will come across many struggles and hardships, many burdens and problems. You will meet people who hurt you deeply and who disappoint you, who exclude you, who leave you with many burdens. Our world will continue to expect that you do everything in your own strength. That if you do good for a while, then you deserve good and success. But if you do bad, and if you fail, then you deserve to be excluded forever. The best that our world can offer is you pulling the burdens of life along by yourself. Jesus is the only way because Jesus offers to walk along with you forever. When Jesus says, come to me all who are weary, take my yoke upon you and learn from me, he's inviting us not to pull our burdens by ourselves, but to get in the yoke with him. Jesus is saying that he is the stronger ox. He is the wiser ox. That he will pull more than his fair share of your burdens. That he will train you and teach you as you walk together the right way to go. Jesus invites anyone and everyone who is tired to come to him and to connect with him. We're invited to be a part of his family, to receive his honor, but also to walk with him and learn from him while he leads us, while he pulls more than his fair share, while he directs and guides our lives. When I talked about rest a few weeks ago, I talked about connection. And connection is exactly what all people hope for, not just Christians. We may look for connection that leads lasting purpose or that, that brings lasting purpose and brings lasting rest. We may look for that connection in all the wrong places. Look to people, look to some set of rules to follow or a group to belong to. But the point is we long for more than just some heaven or some nice thing or some reward. We long for connection with God. This is what Augustine said. Our hearts are restless until they find their rest in God. That's salvation. That's what the Bible means when it says Jesus is the only way to God. It means that we get to walk with Jesus, not just in eternity, not just after we do a certain number of things right, but now. That, that we get to be yoked with Jesus, connected with Jesus, and walk with him Today, 
until we die. And then we're raised to life and connected with him for eternity. That's what Jesus offers us. Life with God forever, but also today. So how will you respond? Will you walk with Jesus and receive the help and the rest that you need? Will you submit to the stronger, wiser ox and go the way that he is calling and leading? Every other philosophy or way of life holds out some future reward if you're good enough and if you carry the burdens of life well enough. But Jesus offers to carry your burdens with you today and to walk with you today. Not based on how good you are, but based on your acceptance of God's goodness to you. And so as we close today, I want to help you see that picture. And I was thinking, how, how, can, I, how can we see what this looks like? Especially from our text, where Jesus says to daily deny yourself, take up your cross and follow me. This is uh, quite a heavy cross. There we go. And if I try to get it by myself, whoop, I can't, I can't do it. Hey, Sean. Sean, will you come up and help me? No? You don't want to be Jesus to me? Sean called me on the phone yesterday and I asked him, will you help me? Yesterday he said yes. Today he said no. Oh, I really can't do this by myself. Will somebody help me? Aaliyah, will you help me? Here we go. Dude's going to give me a hand. There we go. Get it set right back up. There's a light there we got to watch out as well. Perfect. Thank you. Thank you very much. We can't. When Jesus calls us to deny ourselves, to take up our cross, and to follow him, he's not some far distance ahead telling us that we need to pick up our burdens and catch up. He's in the yoke beside us. He's the stronger, far stronger than we are. The burdens that we carry in this life, the crosses that we carry for some of us are sexual. For some of us, the heaviest thing in our life has to do with our sexuality. For others of us, the heaviest thing in our life is our pride. For others of us, it's our greed. For others of us, it's something else. (laughs) But brothers and sisters, we cannot carry our burdens and our cross by ourselves. We cannot find a path forward by ourselves. Not based on the law. Not even with the best of instructions. We will only find a way forward if we become a community of people where each and all of us together daily deny ourselves, 
take up our crosses and follow Jesus. Let's pray. Father God, all of us carry heavy burdens. Thank you, Lord, that in a world that is filled with instructions, that is filled with law and legalism, that you offer us a better way. Thank you, just like my brother this morning, that you give us yourself to carry our burdens together. That we do not have to carry our burdens alone. But that you walk with us. You shoulder our burdens with us. That you show us your love through Jesus, your son, who came to live and die, be resurrected and raised to new life and ascended to glory. And then you filled us with your Holy Spirit so that we can see you, Jesus, in one another as well. That we can be your hands, your strong arms. That we can be your feet. That we can be your body when our brother and sister needs a hug, a helping hand. That we can sit together, and when we sit together, that you sit with us in our pain and in our grief. We thank you, Lord, our Heavenly Father, that we can come to you not out of something we've earned or done or deserved, but out of your gracious love for us and your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen.